On episode 20 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we're joined again by our special guest, Ashley, to discuss the Jackie Robinsonification of women in magic, and maybe even a bit about the cinematic masterpiece known as Waterworld. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello. Nothing's free in Waterworld. <laughs> All right, let's talk some truth. Yeah, Kyle's house has a goddamn Civil War bridge. It is a Civil War bridge, or is it near a Civil War bridge? Or is mm. it both? It's the I'll Civil never War tell you. wall. The yeah, wall. it's the creepy wall that looks like that looks like people that really wanted to secede. Built. Oh, oh, you're talking about that wall. Civil War. I was talking about the uh, Chris Evans versus Robert Downey Jr. one. <laughs> Anthony Chris Evans, that that's, the, that's the brother of the that's guy that was brother. in the Hunger Games, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the best. <laughs> Not even gonna judge you for that one. And welcome to another episode of the trashiest podcast about Magic the Gathering. We are back from the RC in San Diego, where all of the Ubers are Teslas. Yeah, a lot of lot of Tesla Ubers out there. Man, I miss living in a population center. Anthony had the time of his life. Yo, I was just on I was just on mass transit all day, every day, just getting to wherever I needed to go, just wandering around doing stuff. It was great. It was so much fun. Oh, it was great. So for the RC, I did fall a bit short of my goal that I had set for myself of day twoing that regional championship. But the good news is that I've got another crack at it in June in Dallas. So I'm really excited to get another shot at trying to meet that goal and i feel really good about pioneer too so Mm. i'm pretty excited about not just the event itself but you know me you know how much of a nerd i am i love the prep i love prepping for these things so much so much we got to do all sorts of fun stuff like we got to we got to go to a taco restaurant where we went there and nobody that worked there spoke any english so i was just guessing Sounds fabulous. I was just like, I was like, I'll take three of those trace yeah. tacos. Oh, Anthony was having a religious experience eating, eating those tacos. Like they were very good tacos. Oh yeah. And <laughs> honestly, they're and probably the best was, place to get them. Yeah, they, it was the cheapest mm-hmm. meal we had the entire time we were in San Diego. But we stepped out and we saw this really cool bar called the Tipsy Crow, and oh, we yeah. had some local beer there. That was really nice. And there was some dude singing covers from the 90s with his acoustic guitar. It was fantastic. right up my alley. Oh, yeah. We finished those beers and we wandered our way to a free comedy show. It was free for us. Yeah. Everyone else in that room paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. We got roasted by one of the comedians. And it was great. Yeah. He was just like, oh, you guys are here. No, you guys are here for Magic the Gathering. That might explain why there aren't any women at your table. (laughs) Which brings us great to our segment for tonight. (laughs) We really wanted to talk about the Jackie Robinsonification of Women in Magic featuring a woman. We have a whole woman on the cast with us. Say hello, Hello. Ashley. 
I sure. am the woman. You remembered my name. Oh, good. That's a good start. A yeah, great that's, start. That's a great start. <laughs> I did not. Am I passing my own Bechdel test? Probably not. <laughs> that I, the Bechdel t- test fails here because there is no other woman for me to talk to. That's true. Get a few yeah. beers in me. <laughs> then we'll see. All right. Oh my god, that was beautiful. I don't. I don't. Man, I don't. I have not. I have not drank that much in years. Really? That that week at the RC. Oh god, no, it was wonderful. Wonderful. I felt like I was a, a soccer s- fan or something. Oh yeah, we were just we were just trash pandas that whole that whole fucking week. It was amazing. We all figured it would be a really good idea to have mm-hmm. Ashley come in and help us out, help us navigate this because. It's an undeniable fact, right, that women are yeah. underrepresented in magic as a whole and especially in competitive magic. There's definitely a big representation gap in competitive magic. And notably, the one in casual magic seems to be closing pretty quickly. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I've agree. Seen, I would, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say in casual play, I see I see that shrinking a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of examples, but people who would come in at the game store when we were there and our commander knights were often fairly balanced not entirely balanced mm-hmm. but fairly balanced a little bit of representation no, it, there. It, yeah it matters it's a, it's a big mm-hmm. deal because you can see it you can see it in content analytics you yeah. can definitely see what type of content is viewed by which demographic groups to an extent yeah. so you can see that the more casual the content the smaller the disparity between men and women and non-binary folks as your content becomes more competitive minded you can see that that gap starts widening yeah we've got a lot of a lot of things to cover here about why that might be but i know for me like walking into a competitive area where it's already mostly male dominated it's very intimidating off the bat before you ever get to you're learning magic or things like that, right? Because you already have mm-hmm. this high expectation on you of, is this guy going to over-explain this to me or mansplain this to me? Which does mm-hmm. happen still. Are we are we going to get to where this guy is not going to be happy with me winning this game? Or I make, I make good plays. Are we going to have saltiness involved? Those are all things that I've seen happen, like even at my table in my house. <laughs> yep. So... There, there are definitely a lot of things to consider. Yeah, where does it show up? And it's something that, like, I think it's good to look at how underrepresentation can lead to continued underrepresentation. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so our goal for this segment is to look at what causes some of that and how you can be a part of a solution to help break that cycle whether you're a woman that's trying to break into competitive magic or you are a man in this space that wants to not be an obstacle it's easy to when you're in a position of privilege to have a blind spot and not realize how you're contributing to those obstacles yeah so kyle we said jackie robinsonification can (laughs) what could you explain what that means a little bit for us so, for people who do not know who Jackie Robinson is, he was a baseball player that broke the color barrier. He was the first black baseball player to play in the major leagues. 
And no surprise to anyone, this was, again, this was in America, no surprise to anybody, white people didn't like it. It did not matter how good, bad, or in between Jackie Robinson was, but he happened to be a very, very good baseball player. And that was a great thing for Jackie, was to break that color barrier and have more people of color be represented and be able to play Major League Sports, but also put a lot of pressure on not only Jackie, an entire race of people, mm -hmm. which is very upsetting, but this is something we see even until now. Like, we see this happening in this day and age mm -hmm. and that's happening in magic from just that that rep representation like women in magic whether casual or competitive there's still that whole thing where it's just oh it's just because you're a girl this and that why are you even here all those things did your and boyfriend bring you ex yeah, yeah that all, mm. all that nonsense and yeah and this is like the definition of what we're going to be discussing is just how we can be the solution to this problem because Let's be honest, it, it is a problem. Yeah. And Jackie Robinsonification is like you are turning somebody into that Jackie Robinson, right? Mm -hmm. It's where any actions that Jackie Robinson took were extrapolated into just generally accepted truths of black people everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, that can help with acceptance and normalization, but there's a downside to that. That puts a lot of pressure on the Jackie Robinson in the original case, Jackie himself. And in smaller circles, it can be the girl that shows up for FNM. It can go as small as that, mm -hmm. right? Jackie Robinson had to perform under a level of scrutiny that others from the more represented demographics just never experienced. Any skill failures were extrapolated to be skill failures shared by that entire demographic group. Moral failures were the same. If Jackie mm -hmm. Robinson made a mistake, that was a that was not just a mistake that Jackie Robinson made. That was a character trait that for a lot of folks that was just then that was just then expanded to be like, oh, this is a thing that black people do. Because the black person I have seen did it. Right? Outbursts, bad days, human moments, all of that is really easy to expand. That's a big one that women experience too, as far as like mm -hmm. women have to be on and happy. And if they show any variance, you all know me, I'm a fairly bubbly person. I'm extroverted. I'm usually like excited to be anywhere I am. But if I'm not at that level and people are like, hmm, you having a bad day? And mm -hmm. that's just something that women have faced for literal hundreds of years the whole women are hysterical or not allowed to just have an off day or just men just going hey smile more like some yeah. bullshit oh like my that God. where it's just like I... ugh. Mm. yes and, yeah. and it's one of those things where if you react poorly to something like that right not only is ashley a bad sport but there's a reasonable chance that some schmuck walks away from that interaction and is just oh my god this is what happens when women play magic. And you notice mm -hmm. how quick exactly. it can turn from a specific interaction with a specific person into a huge generalization for that entire group. And most people in underrepresented demographics taking part in magic or anything really feel that pressure because they they'll they'll hear it. You'll you'll hear that sort of thing. And it's not a particularly fair thing to do to say, hey, you 
your mistakes are not your own. Your failures are not your own. Your successes are not your own. You don't exist as a person to me. You exist as a symbol of people that look like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Magic's hard, right? Yeah. Yes. It's very hard. Like magic's, magic is a hard game. And that's without being a representative of an entire demographic group. Yeah. I can't imagine doing PR full time. Yeah. Now imagine doing magic <laughs> while doing a full time PR job for mm -hmm. women worldwide. Yeah. So like with me, we know that we're that I'm learning to do Pioneer more competitively. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I have the learning of the game and on top of a fear of failure and already knowing obviously everybody's going to make bad plays right but a bad play mm -hmm. for me can look a lot worse for me specifically because mm -hmm. on top of that i have the social level of thinking all oh, this guy's gonna think i'm dumb and he already thought i i was dumb when i walked in the room and mm -hmm. that's that's something that you have in your head regardless of if that's true or not and thankfully yeah. thus far i've had fairly decent experiences being in pioneer nights and people who have been very mm -hmm. welcoming and men who are very kind and are not treating me that way and i'm very thankful for that so there there are good representations of this and obviously you all because i'm learning with you all yeah i think community goes a long way too not everybody is in a great situation where the magic community that they're they're playing in or interacting with is as welcoming as say like the one that we're a part of Absolutely. so it can be really tough just it's based on situation too Sure. Yeah. And pruning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I've I've chased people away with a broom and in some cases literally. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen you chase people away with a broom, but I have definitely seen you make people leave the building when they are being terrible to other people. Not in our Airbnb. Just get that shit <laughs> out of here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everyone's favorite topic achievement gaps. Hey. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I I was fortunate that I got to have like a a reasonable amount of formal education on achievement gaps, right? And my degree as an educator, I got to really focus on what are achievement gaps, what are some causes for them. And basically, we're going to keep this as magic focused as we can. Achievement gaps are the gap in achievement between one group and another group. You can see that there is certainly an achievement gap in Pro Tour wins between male players and players who are women, right? There's a, there's a gap there. And there are two real ways that you can look at an achievement gap and say, why does this exist? Three, if you're real fucking stupid. <laughs> P.S. The third one is that you just can't do math. <laughs> Oh my god. But there are the the real two are your internal factors and your external factors. So internal factors, we're set looking for internal factors that answer the question of why are there so many more pro tour winners or pro tour top eights even that are held by men than there are held by women. And if somebody were trying to explain that with an internal factor, they might say something. I don't even have to say they might. I've heard it. Women are worse at magic. Women are worse at that some of the skills that are required for magic. Women are worse at lateral reasoning or whatever. 
Fuck that bullshit indeed. Yeah. We've talked about this before. <laughs> Generally speaking, when people look at internal factors, if you're comparing two groups of adults, you better have some you better have some science to back that up or I'm just going to assume you're being a bigot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most of the time they are just being a bigot. Yeah, now there are definitely internal factors that can exist, right? If you are looking at i don't know what percentage of two demographic groups can dunk a basketball and one of the demographic groups you're looking at is adults and the other demographic group you're looking at is third graders (laughs) there's an internal factor that explains that right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because children are terrible at dunking a basketball (laughs) hot takes only (laughs) there's an innate physical difference between those two groups those two groups of people that can explain why there is an achievement gap there okay now the thing about internal achievement gaps is when you look at an achievement gap and you say this is internal or it's external when you're thinking internal you're thinking there is something specific to that group that explains why they are not achieving as well as another group right external factors that's everything else right that's general representation but the big one is socialization right yeah gender related achievement gaps socialization plays a huge role in that if a one gender group is socialized that being competitive is a good thing and one gender group is socialized to believe that being competitive is a bad thing And then there's achievement gap that exists in a competition. Are we thinking that's an internal factor? I would say most most of these would just be external factors, right? Because almost all almost all of them would be because internal Mm -hmm. factors are just almost always going to end up being bigotry. Yes, and that it's 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 achievement gaps. And in learning about achievement gaps, I was really focused when I was learning on educational outcomes and achievement gaps. And a goal was always closing that achievement gap. And the way to close that achievement gap is always identify what factor is causing that gap to exist. Address that factor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can be really easy. Sometimes you can close and they were able to close gender based achievement gaps and education outcomes immensely in regards to like math scores between boys and girls simply by allowing girls to take advanced math classes and not barring them from it yep Mm -hmm. that was a very easy easy fix like taking obvious obstacles out of the way is an easy way to fix those external factors that cause achievement gaps yeah there are bigger ones social social constructs that are really hard to dismantle Mm -hmm. that are really hard to break down but you can do a little bit you can do something to help i like that you brought up the one about being taught that boys are generally taught to be competitive and take risks Mm -hmm. and women are generally taught not to and when i started playing magic i had a really hard time with desiring to win being competitive that felt bad right and it felt mm-hmm. bad for everyone at the table because I wasn't making plays towards a win. That did two things. It didn't let me learn the game at first. I was struggling to learn the game because I wasn't making 
learning to make optimal plays. And the second thing was it was frustrating the other people at the table. And not that that is my fault, but because these people at the table, all men, coincidentally, were wanting to play and win the game and they don't want to feel bad for beating the girl or whatever. And that just creates this tension and this feel bad of, okay, I wasn't realizing at the time that part of that is just that I was taught that that's not okay. I mm-hmm. And I didn't realize mm-hmm. that was just so internalized that doing that is just something I, I have to be demure. I have to be whatever so that I'm not tipping the apple cart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because socially, especially in, especially in more rural parts of the country, socially, it's all this, a, a lot of emotional labor just mm-hmm. gets divided by gender mm-hmm. and keeping everyone happy. Yeah can fall into a woman's responsibility as they are socialized. Yep. I feel like I was pretty fortunate growing up and that my mother was a super sports fan mega lesbian. <laughs> so I was I felt like I had a bit of a head start with having to dismantle some of that internalized view of different activities being gendered. It never occurred to me that football was a gendered thing. It never occurred to me that wanting to play any sport was a gendered thing. My sister grew up in the same way. My sister grew up playing rugby with me and my friends. Mm-hmm. Like we were just, that was just, that was not a thing until I like left home and specifically moved to Kentucky where I realized that that was a that was a surprising thing to some people that was unusual there wasn't just a an expectation oh, that let a girl these play are agendered rugby? yeah mm-hmm. I was just like like she's my sister and we hang out and I play rugby <laughs> and she she plays rugby we just do whatever we would both like to play rugby like what's the problem <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes it goes to just like the you're upbringing the social aspect of it where it's just it's ingrained in our society where men have a role and women have a role and especially with i felt that moving to kentucky where it's just that old good old boy thing where like oh the the wife stays at home and takes care of the kids and i go to work and do all this stuff and it's just like why i grew up with my mom who owned her own business and was a badass she didn't take shit from nobody there, there was no time in my upbringing like with anthony where it's just like oh yeah the mom stays here and the dad does that it was always like, no, if something needs to get done, we we do it regardless of what your gender is. And yeah. with it pertaining to magic, we talked about this a lot where we all start at the same thing and anybody who wants to be good can be good. It has nothing to do with your upbringing, you know, how rich, poor you are, gender, gay, straight. If you're a person that wants to get better, you can be better. Absolutely. And, and with all this yeah. just nonsense of bigotry and sexism racism transphobia all that shit it there it, it's getting better i'll say that but we're it's a small step in the right right direction but we we can do things to help and we can make this better for for everyone specifically women mm-hmm. to just feel welcome because there's no more sweaty neckbeard culture in in magic the gathering yeah, like, that's out. We, we that's we that's out. We no more. Yeah, we threw that in the trash. We're like, Mm-mm, no more. All those '90s jokes about the sweaty nerds being all creepy. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not anymore. Get that Liliana Chandra playmat the fuck out of here. Oh my god, yeah, get it out. Because like now you'll have one guy show up to an RCQ with that kind of stuff, and then they'll never come back at it because everybody's like, "Ew, gross! Get out of here! Stop!" I've it. asked people to turn it over. Yeah, and been shocked at the fact that there's a back to it. Yeah. 
very it always sticks to the table weird oh no oh no stop it no kyle real quick i'm thinking like florida traditional gender roles who makes the molotovs and who tosses them oh fucking anybody who can hold it <laughs> yeah that's a, like, they, sh- like they give that shit to babies they're just like <laughs> florida is just wet mad max fury road <laughs> So Waterworld, you're describing Waterworld. No, I'm 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 talking about a good movie. Don't you fucking <laughs> dare come for Waterworld. The, the the third thing, not being good at math, is thinking that there's an achievement gap when there isn't one. Let's imagine a fictional format where Red Black makes up 65% of the field, right? And a rogue Simic deck shows up, and that's 5% of the field. The red-black deck puts three people in the top eight, and the Simic deck puts one. Are you going to say there's an achievement gap there that red-black is outperforming the Simic deck? If you're real dumb, yes, you would. If you can do basic math, you'd say, oh, God, no, this Simic deck seems way better positioned for this weekend. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those situations where representation matters. Some amount of the gap between top eight finishes in Pro Tours by men and top eight finishes in Pro Tours by women can be explained by the fact that 98% of Pro Tour attendees have been men as long as it has been recorded. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. So we've identified what some of these things can be, what some of that achievement gap can be, what some of that might look like. And the big thing when you're debating, is this an internal or is this an external factor? And the one that matters to me the most is you're identifying any achievement gap in anything. Let's take it out of let's take it out of magic for a moment, just for some distance and say, hey, say something along the lines of here's a good statistic. Black Americans are four times as likely to be arrested as a white American would be for cannabis possession. We can look and say there's an internal factor that's causing that gap or there's an external factor that's causing that gap. The internal factor would be that there is something about blackness that makes that group more likely to be criminal. And then there's an external factor where you can start looking at one, usually a a whole plethora of factors that could explain that gap Mm -hmm. are like external factors like this group is more likely to live in a more heavily policed area. This group is less likely to receive leniency from a judge. This group is more likely to be subject to a degree of poverty that is has a correlation with those arrests. And in my mind, you can say, is this because of an internal factor or an external factor? And I need you kind of making that value judgment to think about that. Think about what you're saying when you say it's internal, because in that statistic, you saying that that's an internal thing. That's a that's pretty rough, right? There's a lot of weight to that that statement. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that you can think of, Ashley, about women internally that would make women less likely to perform well that can explain that achievement gap and magic just internal things no i can't absolutely not no No. there's nothing inherent and specific to womanhood that makes you less good at magic but there are definitely external factors that gap exists right yep so if we want to help we want to do our part to make it better Part of that is identifying what some of those external factors are. Yeah. And talking about it, not yeah. just, mm-hmm. just like ignoring it or sweeping it under the rug, just acknowledging that, hey, this is a problem that we need to 
actually work on, not just be like, oh, that sucks, and then just move on. Mm-hmm. Like, actually put forth effort to include everyone in this game that we play and love. Because mm-hmm. if you're a person, you can play magic. And if mm-hmm. you are a person that wants to play magic, you can be good at magic, regardless mm-hmm. of Absolutely. who you are. Yeah. So, Ashley, what are some of the like external factors that you have personally felt? I know you mentioned. I know you mentioned the 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 general mansplaininess as one of them already. That's yeah. that's one. That that's just that prevailing attitude, the assumption that that you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Are there any others that you can think of, like? external factors that might explain why there is this achievement gap? I think a lot of them are going to be attached to that, right? Because this is coming from a place, they're all going to be fine little (laughs) intersecting circles of a Venn diagram that are very close together, right? Of things that are walking into a room knowing there's an assumption of that, you also assume that that person is not going to engage with you or engage with you as little as possible. If you can't engage with the person, you can't learn from each other. You can't have meaningful discussions about magic to learn to get better. Mm-hmm. Like that assumption would exclude you from the growth process that you naturally get just by talking about a match with your opponent afterwards. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's been some of our most profitable conversations for me personally is just us like discussing the game. And like mm-hmm. I listen to the podcast and then we talk about things and that that's what helped me so we talked about this before i started in commander it was rough at the start with those things already at the table Mm -hmm. but as we played together more often and we would just break down the games afterwards and i ended up just being open with people and being like when you act this way about this thing i don't feel like i can respond so like if one guy is upset with me because i made a certain play for whatever reason it doesn't really matter what the reason is Mm -hmm. and he's upset about it there's already that aggression there so then you don't want to push against that so having meaningful Mm. discussions afterwards and talking through those things talking through the social aspect before you get to the the magic part of it will be meaningful to the gameplay later yeah it's it's a complex one and it all comes down to people have to do their own inner work mm-hmm. to undo the biases that they have or the thoughts that they have in yeah. order to speak meaningfully with mm-hmm. anyone, really. So just circling back to possible external factors mm-hmm. that we think can explain an achievement gap. If we wanted to put together just a list of those external factors, because that's the big thing, right? Because we all have expressed a desire to be a part of the solution on that. Mm-hmm. We want to help, but the way to help, and as we've learned from closing achievement gaps in the education space, the way to do that is to say, what are the external factors? Name them like the demons they are, Give a, know their name. And then they lose their, then you have power over them. So in my mind, one of the external factors is specifically something Ashley brought up earlier. And that's that expectation that women are responsible for the emotions of everyone in their immediate surrounding area. Like understanding that is a specific, actionable, socialized concept that we can do our own parts to dismantle. Yeah. So... That's a good one. Do you guys have any others you'd like to add? Any specific external factors that you think might contribute to this? 
and it can contribute to other things as well. Like I know that Krista is in a, in a fairly male dominated field as well. Mm, yes. So my spouse, Krista, she's, she's a physician and we have a lot of, a lot of friends who are women physicians who get the same statement every time. It's like, oh, when's the doctor coming in? Motherfucker, mm-hmm. I'm the doctor. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. And you better I, I be think nice. I haven't told you to turn your head and cough yet. Another thing is just uh, the, the mentality that a lot of men magic players will have. I, I, I've seen it. They've either said it or you can see it on their face. Oh, why are you even here? It's, it's, everyone can play this game. Stop being a dick. Like, yeah, I like that. Also, stop mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, that, that, to that everyone. A, mansplaining that comes... just sucks. Just don't yeah. do it. <laughs> I actually, something that jogged an idea in my head when you mentioned that Krista has a lot of friends who are women and also physicians mm-hmm. is yeah. that shared experience has to have a benefit, right? There's, there's definite benefits to that because that shared experience allows her to, allows her to not feel quite so siloed. And mm-hmm. even though any given office or hospital even might have a small percentage of doctors who are women, when those physicians that are women find each other, that, is a less of an isolating experience. So I think that's a big one. And that's one we can take and we can apply straight to magic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because it can feel isolating, you know? You can feel it, alone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When you're the only woman walking into the room, it feels pretty weird already. Yeah, you know? actually, you like playing magic with us and hanging out with us. But I, I know there are some times you're just like, I'm, I'm the only woman here. It's just, it would be nice to just, I, I don't want to just be the only one. I want everyone yeah. to be welcome yeah mm-hmm. and so we've we've named a couple what can we do to help one of them is if there was a woman that attended an fnm at your at your local game store mm-hmm. and they don't anymore figure out why if you can mm-hmm. figure out because if that is an obstacle that that person hit there's probably other people that hit that obstacle as well mm-hmm. how can you contribute to making that space more accepting more welcoming a better space for people to play in when they do happen to show up seek them out mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure oh, yeah. you know because that that feeling of isolation it can happen really easy especially if uh and i see it all the time at magic events is a group of people talking and then there's like kind of one other person just not a part of that group yeah and even especially small insular events like yes. your eight mm-hmm. person wednesday night modern or whatever yeah, you see it at you see it so much at local events where it's just not a lot of people. Yeah, if you're the outgoing person there, if you're the if you're the big personality there, if you have an Anthony, the, yeah, if you have a me, pull that person the fuck in, get them involved, mm-hmm. get them involved in whatever the conversation is, and you'll notice if you just do that, don't even without even thinking about gender, you just do that, you will find that you have made by setting that example and by encouraging that behavior, you have made your space more welcoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say, like, with our experience at the RC in San Diego, it, it can be better. There can be more inclusion. But I was very happily surprised at how many women I saw playing in the, the regional championship. That's awesome. I was very happily surprised. I'm like, wow, it, it, it is not close to where it should be. But I'm like, hey, this is a step in the right direction, at least. This is, this is great. Yeah. It's not close to the mm-hmm. gender divide in the global population. Yeah, yeah. It's not close to the gender divide in the magic playing population, Mm -hmm. but it's better than it was a year ago. And 
worth noting is that part that's part of where this Jackie Robinsonification comes back around, right? Because there's this there's there's this additional pressure. There's this additional expectation. There's this understanding that if you are the one woman that is playing at your FNM and you are representing your gender at this FNM, that's a that is a crucible. That will not the Winona Ryder movie. That that will that will produce some of the most just battle hardened players because if you are a woman in the same skill level as an average man in this game, as it stands right now, the external factors we discussed are going to be much more likely to push you out. So if you look at it like our made up format with a black red deck and a Simic deck, right? Mm -hmm. While women in the competitive space take up a smaller percentage of that space, if you skew it down and look, a lot of the times you'll find that the, I don't know, mean or even even the median woman participant in one of these competitive events is going to outperform the equivalent male participant in the in the event that's because so many more are just pushed out intentionally in some cases and unintentionally in others these external factors can be malicious and they can be incidental Mm -hmm. right yeah and like between between my time studying this in my education degree and my time of being a fan of women's athletics, I've had a lot of time mm-hmm. to, to wrestle with yeah. these topics. <laughs> I've, 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 I've swam in these waters before. I have definitely been shitty to people on social media over some smooth brain takes. Nah, they deserve it, though. They really do. <laughs> they really do. They really do. do, yeah. So we talked about one way we can help, and that yeah. is just include people in the discussion everybody and it will it'll a make your it'll make your community better and Mm -hmm. more welcoming for everybody and b you will end up being a more inclusive space for women and you will see you will see these players develop and magic is a game of all ships rise right Mm -hmm. the more talented people you have in your circles the better you do yeah for sure people get better by developing and people develop by being able to play and people are able to play when they can go and play the game yeah ashley you've told me that just you hanging out with us having discussions and just playing magic you you've told me that you you feel like you're so much better than at playing like a competitive format like pioneer than you were just i don't know how many months ago or a week i don't, I don't know what time is but when, yeah when you started <laughs> I'm still on time California is illusion, time. You time is an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> time, is a, time is an illusion. So are pants. All right. Back to magic. <laughs> For all the Avatar The Last Airbender fans. But yes, like it's just you being included in discussion. That's the James Cameron movie, right? Get the fuck out of my Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Fern Gully knockoff. No. no Avatar The Last Airbender. It's the, it's, it's the animated It's the one. animated show. Well, what did James Cameron have to do with that? Nothing. Oh, he stole all of it from it. <laughs> oh, I know the one you're talking. You're talking about the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, my God. I'm going to just leave my own home. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. <laughs> have you watched the new Avatar, Kyle? It's great. Oh, the one that's not a knockoff of Fern Gully, but is instead a knockoff of Waterworld. World. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't uh. pretend to have seen Waterworld. But, it's not great. Oh yeah, it's I'm not so good. No, <laughs> I don't know if I believe you. Waterworld is my top ten favorite movies. You say that about a lot of movies, and you've said it about a lot more than ten. 
Also, okay. you love things that are just inherently bad. It had Robin Hood in it. Robin Hood? Which Robin yeah, Hood? Yeah, Kevin Costner. Ah, okay. Yeah, he was like the worst Robin Hood. <laughs> I like the part where he had an accent, but only sometimes. Only sometimes. <laughs> and the, 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 what was that? The ephemeral Severus Snape dude was in it or whatnot. Alan Rickman. <laughs> Alan Rickman was in this, wasn't he? He was Little John, not the yeah. rapper, the one from Robin Hood. Yes. Yes, he was. I forgot about that. Oh, these are the tangents we go on when we're trying to have a serious conversation. I love it. Mm-hmm. I do need to tell you that part of the plot summary for Waterworld on Wikipedia is suddenly the atoll is attacked by the Smokers, a gang of pirates seeking a girl named Enola. According to their leader, the Deacon, she has a map to Dryland tattooed on her back. Enola's guardian, Helen, attempts to escape with her on a gas balloon dirigible created by inventor Gregor, but the balloon is released erroneously. Helen quickly frees the Mariner, insisting he take both of them with him. What coked-out writer made this movie? David Toohey, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to say James Cameron. No, That would have been really funny if it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's the man that did the Chronicles of Riddick. Also, another really bad movie. (laughs) And G.I. Jane. Watch out. Watch out. Will Smith might smack you if you mention G.I. Jane. I love G.I. Jane. Demi Moore was in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Now I know why you've seen it. goes all marine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, So how do you make your magic store more welcoming for the G.I. Janes in your area? We talked about some of those about how to make yourself a little more inclusive, how to how to eliminate some of that. We talked specifically about the comments of are you here with your boyfriend? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Just remove them from your vocabulary. It's like asking someone if they're pregnant. Yeah. Even if you're right, yeah. you lose. Yeah, yep. even if you're right, just don't do That's it. That's exactly what I was going to say. It does not matter if that answer is yes. The assumption that is made that you are only there because your partner is there is not a good one, ever. And honestly, if somebody asks you that, just be like, oh, I'm the one who plays magic. I, I drug that asshole over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make, yeah. make people feel weird. Because they're being assholes. Yeah, just (laughs) lean into it. Just make it as uncomfortable as possible for them. Like Anthony, whenever he's in a weird situation, just make it awkward. Yeah. He loves that shit, but not all of us do. (laughs) I always have a good time, and you all are just figments of my imagination. (laughs) As as I quote Anthony, be a 1980s ski movie villain. That's true. You should become ungovernable. Which Win that mountain in a ski race. Anyone pick one. What ski movies exist? Hot Tub Time Machine. That's a ski movie? <laughs> it's at a ski resort. I say count it. <laughs> My God. <laughs> hey, in that case, Molly's Game is a ski movie, and that's a great movie. Yeah, correct. And Die Hard counts as a Christmas movie because it's a present when people tell me how stupid they are. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Michael Gerson. I believe it was, was the one who said, that talked about the soft bigotry of low expectations. If you find yourself clocking a player who is a woman as being soft and as being a a worse player, your expectations are lower. Think real, real hard about what caused you to believe that they were worse, because sometimes we evaluate, we evaluate players while we're playing them. Mm. Think about where that comes from. Because if you are experiencing that internally, those attitudes manifest externally. And he called it soft bigotry because it's more subtle and subconscious form of prejudice. 
Michael Gerson, fun trivia fact about Michael Gerson, was not in Waterworld. He is a social scientist. I'm not going to lie. When you first said that, I thought that that's where that was going. (laughs) (laughs) He, to my knowledge, has no acting credits as he is not an actor. Hmm. Ooh, but another fun Waterworld trivia is that the character actor Dennis Hopper was in that film. Y'all remember him? He was great. What else? What else was he in? Hold on. I know the he name. Was, but I can't he was think. in Speed. He was the bad guy. Oh yeah. That's the one with the Miss Congeniality, right? Yes. Yeah, and John Wick. And John Wick. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's the guy from Dangerous Liaisons, right? Across from Meryl Street. I believe so. Was Keanu in it? I can't. Remember. Yeah, when did that movie come out? Actually, this might be. I don't bad. know, like 1989. No, because Cruel Intentions was based on it. Yeah, but Cruel Intentions was mid 90s. Yeah, but they didn't remake a movie two years after it came out, did they? That's fair. Depends on how bad it was. All right, gone anything. How many fucking Batman's have been made? <laughs> That's a fair point. Then Dangerous him. Liaisons came out in '88, and it had. Yeah, it was close. Oh no, it did have Keanu Reeves in it. Haha. Glenn Close, John Malkovich, Michelle Pfeiffer, Uma Thurman, Susie Kurtz, Mildred Natwick, Peter Capaldi, and Keanu Reeves. And it came out in 1988 and was a remake of A Femme Fidèle from 1976, which was a remake of Dangerous Liaisons in 1959. So it's a remake of a remake of a remake? Oh, it goes farther back than that. Oh my god. (laughs) And then Which was Cruel an Intentions. adaptation of a stage. Yeah, Cruel Intentions was a remake of that. It went it went farther back even in, I believe, late 1950s, 1870. There we go. My word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves was probably in that one as well. <laughs> probably. Motherfucker's a vampire, like, for real. Oh, he also, he also played a part in Dracula, too. He is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I love how our discussions just turn into Googling movies. Spiral out of control. Yes, yes, this is great. (laughs) Celebrated for its exploration of seduction, revenge, and malice. All the makings of a good movie. Correct. Although I think we can all agree that the best movie is Tomb Raider, where Daniel Craig was the Bond girl. That's true. Although I am partial to Sarah Michelle Gellar doing cocaine out of a rosary. (laughs) Ooh, that's actually oh yeah mm-hmm. that's cruel intentions yeah sure. that, that was. that's a good one i forgot about that <laughs> yeah it had the little spoon too mm-hmm. little yeah spoon yeah it. it's very practical you can't buy those anywhere nope if you could anthony would have a full palette yep i've tried <laughs> you know for for msg you gotta season things with your heart <laughs> oh my word <laughs> That's what you would put in it is MSG. Sure. Yeah. I'd never have to eat a bad soup again. (laughs) Have you ever had some food that you took a bite and you're like, oh my God, I have fucking COVID. This is it. I finally have COVID. Besides all the food you ate while you had COVID, Ashley. (laughs) Other than that experience, no. (laughs) I've had that experience, but this was like long before COVID was a thing. It's just. My grandma like lost her touch when she when she was cooking as she got older, and I'm like, oh no, I I can't. It's that's my grandma. I love her, I, it, but this this pasta is really bad. I don't think she seasoned it. And be like, no, it's good, it's good, delicious, grandma. Yeah. Thank you. 
No, I've definitely taken a bite of something and been like, this is it. This I got is the it. vid. <laughs> I, just, I just think that your life is better if you stay away from people who can't cook. Because cooking is like empathy. <laughs> you are additionally experiencing something with imperfect information as somebody else would experience it. That's your definition of empathy? Yes. <laughs> experiencing something as somebody else would experience it with imperfect information. Okay. But with cooking. Yeah, and cooking, you're tasting something, but you are trying to imagine how wh wh everyone else is eating it is going to taste it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There we go. I can be empathetic. <laughs> Not just immediately make somebody like a ham when they start crying. <laughs> Food go in, no feeling come out. You give me cookie, I give you cookie. <laughs> you give me cookie, I give you cookie. All right, after our long tangent about random nonsense, do you have any closing thoughts, Ashley? Or do you just want to tell Anthony and I that we have poor taste in films? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were all right. Every yeah. remake of Cabin Fever. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's... It's a, it's a, it's like a, it's like a film verite. Sure. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> it also isn't that at all. That was a lie, what I told you. Cabin Fever was just like a schlocky B-horror gore porn film. Mm. One of my favorite scenes in Cabin of the Woods was when that guy kept betting on a mermaid to be summoned and eat the people that they sacrificed <laughs> yeah. gets eaten by a mermaid at yeah. the end of the movie and i thought that was great <laughs> your story should end where it began or somewhere else beautiful that's a beautiful beautiful that's just good storytelling cabin mm -hmm. in the woods is one of the most beautifully written and beautifully crafted movies that we have ever known i 100 percent agree with you it's that just... movie is amazing and a dude it's... gets impaled by a unicorn Yes. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just it just <laughs> takes it just it just takes your genre savvy and repeatedly repeatedly punishes you for it. Mm -hmm. It's just it is a incredibly emotionally moving movie for horror fans, but for anyone else, it's just a schlocky fun horror movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's no wrong way to look at that 3D Lisa Frank folder. It's dolphins on one side and multicolored teddy bears on the other. Man, just go. No matter with it. which angle you look at it from, it's great. As much as I give you I shit for it. the B horror that you always talk about, I also very much enjoy B horror movies. It's one of my favorites. Oh, they're the best. Peter Jackson was going to be the king of B horror before he did Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I can't remember. Also, my brain is soup. <laughs> Good soup. Good soup. <laughs> and speaking of good soup, we've got some, we got some, there's magic set coming out. Oh, there is. And there's a lot of good soup in it. Eh, I don't know. No, no. Nice segue into our, our guessing game for the evening. It's a guessing game in a set review. I don't know. We're just going to guess each other's top picks for March of the Machine or Mom. Mom. <laughs> Because why? Why did that? Why did that? With Ellis Norn being the mother of machines, the set afterwards is mom. Like, stop it, wizards! Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> All right, I'd like to go first. I think this is very. I think this pick is very good. Go for it. 
So my hint is people might go for it a little bit less because of this new card. When you say go for it, what do you mean? <laughs> the classic, the four of removal spell we saw all over the RC, the goaty throaty. Go for the throat. The throat goat. <laughs> that sounded way too so, sexual. I think he did that on purpose, but he always does that. So you're saying people will play this over go for the throat now? Probably in some quantity, I'd say. I'd say that if when people, I, I'd say that there is a reasonable chance that it's going to take the place of some number of go for the throats. Does it have convoke? It does. Do you surveil too? You do. It's pile on, isn't it? It is. Oh, I love this card. I think this card is dangerously good. I think, like, we had Mob in Modern, but that card cost two more, couldn't hit a Planeswalker, and didn't surveil. Yeah, I And they I thought that was an appropriate this. power level for Modern yeah. Horizons. And this like, is a standard set. I, I, lo I love your pick because I, I too love this card. I, I'd say it was my number two as far as my, my I say like top five or top ten. I will be playing this this card in, in Yawgmoth or the Golgari deck I'm playing in Pioneer. If you're playing a creature deck that runs black, you should just play this card because it's, it's free. It's free real estate. Yeah. It very quickly looks like a one-mana hero's downfall with upside. Yep. And Surveil 2 instead of Scry, I think, is so much better because, you know, graveyards, it's better. Sometimes it's better to put things in your graveyard than your library. So I love your pick. I love it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, would you like to go next? Sure. What do you All got right. for us? This card is three mana. Okay. And what else do I want to give you? A um, little? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is, I want to just give it away. It is Renan Realmbreaker. Yikes. Yes. Is that right? Wait, yes. is it right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was trying I not to give it away, and then he just got it. <laughs> Renan Realmbreaker looks like a looks like a really cool card. That's Wait, do stuff, I, I think it's a hit. I love that card. I think it's very good. What? What? Why do you like it, Ashley? I, 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 I Anthony, I've talked about this card a bunch. I want to hear your opinion on it. I, an easy one is, I love this art, but that's not the only reason. Oh my God, it's so good, right? It's beautiful, but it's a low-cost Planeswalker. It's definitely going to see play in Commander. Like, this is 110% a Commander oh. card. Yeah, for sure. But I also think that it could, it could potentially see play in other formats, just making... Your land's able to tap for other colors, giving you flexibility. The milling three cards and gives you a permanent right into your hand. That's just value right off the top. I just feel like that's good. And then also getting to use your lands as creatures. Like that just feels like a decent card that might not be unattainable even for like standard. But you can tell me if I'm wrong too, because I don't play much standard. No, I, and for Anthony said like in standard, it's like a maybe, who knows? I think this will, I think in Pioneer, Specifically, this card is one that it doesn't have a home yet, but once it does, it'll be like one of the better cards in the deck. I think as we yeah. as we get more cards to say that have a Golgari mid-range instead of just a Rakdos mid-range deck in Pioneer, I think this card will go in it. And even in modern, I think it'll see play just because of the static ability. It gets a it gets yeah. around Blood Moon, there's no layering aspect, things like that. And yeah, yeah it's just it's a three mana planeswalker that's good so i i do think it'll see play 
But yeah. I think Kyle is going to definitely put this card on the bottom of his library with a collected company. Oh, I don't play collected company anymore. I learned my lesson. Court of calling all the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if I was still playing collected company, I, Anthony had it perfectly. I, I would definitely be doing that. <laughs> God, the, the whiffs I've had on Coco, like the past like two events I played with it, like, oh my God. I, I had one where I revealed this, or I, I looked at six and it was five lands and a Llanowar elves and it was the saddest thing I ever witnessed. I was very upset. Can I give you my honorable mentions for favorite oh, yeah, cards in Mark Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. So first is the whole Praetor cycle. I think that having the Praetor cycle come in is really fun. I don't think that they're necessarily the greatest cards, but I think that they're fun, like lore-wise. Shieldred and Urbrask, I think, are the best, yeah. I had Urbrask, and then I, I thought Elish Norn, but I was thinking specifically for Commander. I think those will see play in Commander. They're the lower cost oh, of them. Sure, they yeah. have good effects. Those are popular colors in Commander. But then, best name of card in this set, Beamtown Beatstick. Oh my god, yes. I can't believe they made that a fucking magic card. It's so that sounds good. Like, that's not real. It's that's that's real. A real card. It's real. It's Look a it real up. Card. Look it up. <laughs> so good. I put it on here. It was it was last on my list, but it was like it was right there because the best name. Like it had to be on there. Oh, it's that sounds like the type of thing we would be recommending people not say to make their space a little more inclusive. That's... No. Oh my god. Anthony, why? Why did you... You ruined it. You ruined it. I hate you. Because you're also right, you ass. <laughs> Come on. damn it. Anyway. It's no longer fun anymore. Moving on to something cuter. Happy to be of service. <laughs> Would you all like to guess what my favorite card is? And I'll give you a hint. It's not surprising because it finds things in your graveyard or your library. And it has an X in the the mana cost. Oh, it's it's is X it... broccoli broccoli. Oh, okay, I was gonna say. Is oh, it it's blue? that battle, isn't it? It is a battle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it the battle that does thorn elemental stuff on the backside? Invasion of Icoria. Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's a not surprising pick from me. It's <laughs> it, it it's I think it's better finale of devastation mainly because like the second part of it, you can turn on. I think a little, little easier, mm. and also it, it, the fact that you can look for something in your graveyard or your library and put it onto the battlefield. And if you defeat the battle, or if you, the battle doesn't have any more counters on it, you just get a big old dumb dinosaur that makes everything unblockable, which is or non-human creatures unblockable. Now, I will, I will say that's the only downside. Oh no, it doesn't make them unblockable. It makes them thorn elementals. Ha ha. Yes, they can deal damage as if they were not blocked. Whatever the wording or whatnot. And for some reason, it has reach, but whatever. Oh, he's just real tall. He 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 big. And we finally get yeah. a. It was like we stand big boys. What? Here. Yeah. What? What's the uh, very true? What? What's the? What's the backside's name? The dinosaur? Z Zilorth, apex of Ikoria. Yeah, it's funny big because steppy. this is this is the <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time we actually have it as a card because its first card was in. Ikoria, and it was just Godzilla. It wasn't a skin Godzilla, and then the card. No, that was the only card. We've only seen this guy as Godzilla. That's which interesting. I, I don't know. It's weird. But notably, I, I, Invasion of Ikoria does not give stuff haste. It doesn't. No. Okay. So I think your, I think your, what was the other one you compared it to? Finale of Devastation. The Green Green X finale. Your finales in your trade binder are safe, but I think that this card's <laughs> very, very good at 
being Green Sun Zenith, but worse. Yeah, but not everything could be Green Sun Zenith, Anthony. Absolutely. Yeah, Green Sun Zenith, but worse is plenty scary. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there, there is a cheesy combo you can do with this particular card. So for X equals two, you can go get Vampire Hexmage and then sacrifice Vampire Hex- Hexmage to remove counters from a target permanent. And boom, you have a free 8-8. Very spooky. Is that good? I don't know. Am I going to do it? Oh, 100 fucking percent. Like, <laughs> okay, so that's a, that is a, that's a four mana, that's a four mana 8-8. Eight, eight, uh-huh. Which is comparable to the three mana 8-8 eight, eight that you get out of Crashing Footfalls. And it would need to be modern because of Hex Mage. Mm-hmm. So we're comparing those two together, and that's that's not nothing. It costs an extra mana, but it also doesn't require you to do anything special with your deck. Like, you don't have to play Dead Gone or, like, other stuff that's below rate in that list. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just... Because with your Cascade decks, you need to not have any two drops in there. And you can still play two drops here. Yeah, it... It, it feels like a card that you could play in Yawgmoth, but I, I wouldn't mainly because of the stipulation of non-human for Invasion of Ikoria. But I feel like the Hexmage uh, Invasion of Ikoria, like, that, I think that can spawn a deck that's similar to a, a Yawgmoth combo deck in, in, in Modern, where it's just like you want to flood the board with a bunch of dinky, like, creatures curve out and then do the whole Vampire Hexmage thing and then just, like, Alpha Strike your opponent. Mm-hmm. Seems, yeah, that seems checks fun. out. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you somebody's gonna try. I bet that 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 sounds very much like Aspiring Spike is going to treat us to that. Yeah, I feel like most of the cards in this set, like Spike, is gonna do some something stupid with them. <laughs> he does that with every set, though. But I love it. <laughs> Other than this one, do you think many of the sieges are gonna or the battles are gonna see play? I think. I think yeah, oh, go they ahead, need to. They need to do something meaningful on their front half. Mm-hmm. At first glance, my thoughts about the battles is if every one of them gets played as they are, this does tend to end like a bunch of them see play. That would make standard feel a little more snowbally, right? People that are ahead get farther ahead. I'm able to attack for four. I'm able to attack for five and flip this over and get something else out of it. Generally speaking, if you're able to if you're able to punch in damage at will, you're probably winning, and then these will make you win more. So mm-hmm. from, like, game design aspect, I'm not sure how much I love them, but yeah. I think from a player's standpoint, the front half of them, what you get when you cast them, has to be worth it. Yeah. All that being All said, right. I'm going to go watch Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Good. Good. <laughs> Finally, you're showing some good taste. Aww. I owe it all to you, Anthony. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and agreeing to watch Waterworld. (laughs) We got her. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.